such a good day to be in the house of the Lord again. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> means it's not going to destroy the earth by rain, flood anymore, right? Amen. Hallelujah. It's a glorious day and uh, to be in the house of the Lord. And I want to thank you guys for coming to pray. And as I always say, I always believe that God is still seeking for men to stand in the gap. He has told us, I sought for men to stand in the gap, to mend the hedges, but I found none. And that's kind of a sad statement every time I read that in the book of, of Ezekiel. You know, that God is still looking for men. We know that man was created in the image of God. And he desires us to reflect that image in our lives and everything that we do. And as we look at our world today, the world is so dark. The world is so filled of evil. The world is so filled of hate. The world is so filled of depression and and this perplexity and things that are going on. And I believe the majority of it is due to the fact that men is out of place. Men is out of place. Men don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Men is not trying to find what they should be doing. And so as a result of that, homes are turned upside down. Some call them tipsy-turvy. And so it's all due to the fact that man is out of place. But I am so thankful that I am among some men that wants to be in place, men that want to serve God, men want to live for God, and men that want to be like God. And so we know that through the Word of God, we can get our lives back on the right track. No matter how far we get off track, the Bible assures us that there's an easy way to get back on track. (laughs) <laughs> you, you don't have to do a whole lot to get back on track. All you got to do is just repent, <laughs> you know, turn around and come back to the right path. As Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 6 and 16, Stand ye therefore and ask, where is the old way, where is the good path, and walk therein, and you will find rest for your soul. Amen. Just get right back in that right path. The prodigal son, as we know, he had to come to himself. He had to come to himself. He had to realize that I'm out of place. He had to realize, as you notice that story that Jesus tells about the prodigal son, you know, he's lost and he comes to himself, and that should be our prayer for every man that we know that are, is not serving God in, in fullness and truth and fullness of heart, that they would come to themselves, that they would realize that the road that they're on is leading them further and further away from the Lord, and that if they don't get back in the right path and decide to come home, And the prodigal son came to himself, and he says, I will arise, and I will go to my father, and I will say to my father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and thee, and I'm no longer worthy to be called thy son. Just make me a servant. Amen. And that's what God wants, is he wants us to be servants. 
Amen. You are my witnesses and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there was no God form, and neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. And so when the prodigal son decides to come home, his father sees him, and he runs, and he meets him, and he embraces him, and he hugs him, and he kisses him, and he says, bring the best robe and put it on him, put shoes on his feet and a ring on his finger and kill the fatted calf and let's be merry because my son was lost, he's found, he's dead and he's alive again. And that's what happens when we turn around and repent and get back into the right pathway and decide to come home. God restores us and we become his servants, amen, and become that example of what he desires of us to be. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9 today. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, and then Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Jeremiah 29. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and could not stay. Jeremiah 29, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. Mark chapter 4, verse 18, I think 19. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, Entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Amen. Choketh the word. Choketh the word. And I want to talk to you today on this thought. Cares, riches, and lust. Cares, riches, and lust, lusses, 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 cares, cares, riches, and lusses of things. Amen. Praise God. Pray with me again. Father, thank you. Give us wisdom, Lord God, again today of thy word. Bring clear understanding to us as men that we will live according to thy word, O God, and be what you desire of each of us to be, Lord. We thank you this day in Jesus name there are three things that Jesus mentions here that every man will face in life and if they go unchecked they can destroy him they are carers of this world deceitful of riches and lust of other things why are these three things so dangerous? 
Jesus says they will choke the word out of you. What does it mean to choke the word out of you? It means to suffocate, to render you useless, to cause you to be unfruitful, to make you of none effect. You see, man was created in the image of God to reflect his glory, his beauty, and his splendor in the earth. But if the word is hindered, the life can't live and the life cannot produce fruit. So many men are bound because of these three things that they have let bind them. The parable of the sword begins with one thing, distraction. Somehow they allow things to distract them from hearing the word and becoming rooted in it. Throughout the book of Revelation, we find constantly that the Lord says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. But Satan's desire is to distract you at the onset of the Word of God so that you will not be able to hear the Word of God and grow in the things of God. Satan can destroy any life that isn't rooted in the Word of God. Jesus calls our attention to these three types of soil which are related to the hearts of man. The wayside the rock, and the thorn. And it's this third soul or heart that I want to focus on today. The cares of the world, Jesus said. We began to wonder about the world, even because we're living in the world. And so it is easy for us to focus on the world and the things that is around us in the world. We hear the news. We hear the things that are going on. And so we begin to care. And lately, uh, in Flo uh, Houston, you know, it becomes a care in our lives. And we begin to wonder, will it happen here? Will there be wars between North and South Korea? Uh, around the other worlds, would there be storms continually to flow and, and, and trouble us? Would there be terrorists in this part of the world? The gods of this world want you to think, amen, that you can't live without it. And the world is pushing every situation and everything to try to make you want more of the world. If you notice, technology is moving forward faster and faster. And if the child or man of God isn't careful, the world can suck us right into that system as well. We've heard so much and so many has become concerned lately that as technology begins to move forth and as things begin to change, we begin to wonder, will we have to take the mark of the beast? We are hearing people talk, you're reading now about the bark of the beast being required. We have heard many newscasts and read many books and seen many articles about men and women walking through the line and just scanning their hand. And some say they have now taken the mark of the beast. We begin to see that these things are coming about. Our credit cards, we've gone from checks to credit cards to debit cards. And so it's easy if we're not careful of the ways and the things of this world world can become a part of our lives and we lose our focus on God because we are distracted by the enemy of our soul. That first soul was a distraction. And I think that's what the world is doing today is is causing distraction. The enemy knows that we can he can get us to focus 
on the world and the things around us and where we live and our home front that it can begin to distract us from being what God wants us to become. We know that Satan's weapons are the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. It should not come as a surprise to the man of God of Satan's weapons. Even Paul tells us we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. But I'm afraid that too many men are becoming ignorant of his devices. We're focusing on the cures and things of this world instead of the things of Almighty God. Jesus tells us in John 16:33, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And if God has overcome this world, then you and I, as his image and his example in the earth, we too must overcome the world. The world must not draw us in. The world must not captivate our minds that we lose focus of what God is trying to do through us. Jesus tells us to let our light shine that men may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. He tells us that we are the salt of the earth, but if the salt is lost its savor, wherewith shall we be salted? It's good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. We cannot allow the world, the cares of this world, the cares of this life, to keep pulling us and tugging at us. We are told to set our affections on things above and not on things of this earth, for your life is hid with Christ, God in Christ Jesus. Amen. We don't want to be destroyed. Jesus called us out of the world because he knows that the world will destroy you. Amen. He says that the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. The cares of this world will choke you. Amen. It will choke you. What shall we eat? What shall we be clothed? Where are we going to live? Jesus says, all of these things does the Gentiles seek. But your heavenly Father knows already that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. It'll choke you. Amen. Suffocate you. Your cares of this life will choke you. It will strangle you. So many men are having the life choked out of them because of the world. They've gotten tangled up with women in this world who cares nothing for God of the church and is choking them. So many men. They are so wrapped up in their jobs that it's draining them of every ounce of energy they have, slowly pulling the life right out of them. They are confused. They are distressed. They are perplexed. They are despair. They are cast down. They are troubled because they have allowed the cares of this world to slowly choke the word. Notice, it chokes the word. It stops it. If you stop and think about if somebody put their hands around you and we think about choking, amen, or you get a clog in your sink that says it's choking 
the flow. And so as a result, the world will slowly clog up things uh, in your life that the Word can't grow and that the Word can't flow and the Word can't be what God wants it to be in you. Amen. This is why Jeremiah says, His Word was in me and I could not forbear. I had to tell someone, but if it's choked in you, amen, then it can't get out. It can't accomplish what God wants. You see, when we are born again, when we're saved, God places that new heart in us and He puts His Word deep in our souls and He tells us to shout it from the housetop. He tells us to sell it at the corner. Amen. But yet, if with the cares of the world is surrounding us, it's going to choke the Word that we can't bring it forth. You can't remember what the Word of God says. You can't begin to use the word the right way to bring about a change in a life. You can't use the word to be effective in your own personal growth, in your own personal salvation and life, because it's choked by the cares of this world. And then Jesus calls it deceitfulness of riches. Wealth is deceitful. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5 says, Labor not to be rich. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle towards heaven. Labor not to be rich. If someone was to ask you, why are you working? What would you tell them? Is it to provide for your family, which is good? But if you're laboring to be rich, some men labor to be rich. Some men says, I just want to be a millionaire. I just want to be a billionaire. I want to have it laid up. Amen. And Jesus tells the parable about the man whose crops or land brought forth plentiful. And he said within himself, this is what I'll do. I'll build out, pour down my barns and I will build up greater and I will say to my soul, soul thou has goods laid up forever. Take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But the Lord said to him, Thy fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then shall who shall all these things be? Amen. Labor not to be rich. It's, the, it's deceitful. Amen. Deceitfulness of riches can destroy you. So many men are confused about wealth. I know that money, the Bible tells us that money is a defense. And I know that we need money to live. But if we're not careful, riches can kill you. It can choke the word out of you. Paul tells us in First Timothy chapter number 6, he says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. 
for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and prediction. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. First Timothy 6, 6-10. Notice what Paul says here. He says we brought nothing into the world and we're going to carry nothing out. Amen. He says if you've got food and clothes, be content. But they that will be rich, they fall and to temptation, and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. In other words, the deceitfulness, amen, because riches, amen, does not provide you with a clear conscience of peace. The more you have, the more trouble you will be. The more you will be concerned. I hear people a lot. I hear men a lot talking about how the government is taking more and more and more and more. And they become troubled. Or how the bank is, 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 is not giving them enough interest because they want more and more and more. It's deceitful. It's subtle. Amen. It sneaks in if you're not careful. And the Solomon says it takes wings is gone. You're here today. You're here tomorrow. It's gone. Even Solomon in his wisdom tell us that man stores up and the next thing you know, but another man will take it. Amen. Because you brought nothing in, you can't take anything out. And a lot of men become concerned. Amen. That if they're gone, how they are going to live, their children are going to live. I've seen many families that are destroyed. Amen. And divided over for money, because mom and dad had a little inheritance, and they leave, they die, and then the family goes crazy over money. I see it all the time. Seems like every funeral I do lately, that seems to be the biggest thing. Is, I mean, before they're even in the ground, they're arguing over who gets what. I'm going wow. Riches are dangerous. Most people, the more they earn, the more they forget God. Moses warned the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 8. If you ever notice when you read Deuteronomy chapter 8, in the book of Deuteronomy, you find that Jesus focuses in his teachings a lot on the book of Deuteronomy. Because the reason being is because it was the recapitulation or recapping of the things that God had done for Israel. And it was a call to them to don't forget God. And so when Jesus comes on the scene, all he's doing to the Jews is reminding them what he had told them from the beginning. But they had forgotten And Moses told the children of Israel in his writing in Deuteronomy 8, verse 13 and 14. 
He says, when thy herds and flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. The call here is for them to not forget. When you get riches, when you get increase, when everything you've got began to multiply and to begin to get more and more, he says, whatever you do, don't you forget God. Somebody says, and I don't know who, it is easy to tithe on a hundred dollars than it is a thousand. And it's easy to tithe on a thousand dollars than ten thousand. And it's easy to tie on $10,000 than $100,000. And it's easy to tie on $100,000 than it is a million dollars. The larger the number, the harder it is to tithe because riches and wealth are deceitful. They look at the number versus the percentage. 10% is 10%, whether you've got a million or you've got a dollar. It's the same thing. And so Moses warns the children of Israel. He says, don't forget what God did for you. Don't forget how you were in bondage. Don't forget how you was ensnared and captive and God delivered you. Amen. But what did they do? They allowed the riches to choke. The word out of them. Riches will danger your integrity. It will choke every bit of integrity out of you. Honesty is more than speaking the truth. It's living the truth. Riches doesn't profit you in trials. It render you no help. Solomon says in Proverbs 11, verse 4, Riches profited not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. He goes on, Zephaniah says in Zephaniah 1, verse 17 through 18, And I will bring distress upon men, that they shall walk like blind men, because they have sinned against the Lord, and their blood shall be poured out as dust, and their flesh as the dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath. But the whole land shall be devoured by the fire of his jealousy for he shall make even a speedy rendence of all them that dwell in the land. Notice what the Lord says to Zephaniah. Your silver and your gold cannot deliver you. Amen. You cannot pay your way out of hell. You cannot pay your way 
amen, out of things, amen. So many men will try to bribe, amen, but a good judge will not accept the bribery. And Jesus is one of those judges that you will never be able to bribe. No matter how much money you have, as the Lord said through Ezekiel, nor Daniel, nor and Job was in the earth, they can only save themselves. Amen. Our riches will deceive us. And Revelation 17 and 18, the Lord says, For in one hour so great riches is come to naught. Just one hour, you can have it all. Amen. You can have millions. And in one hour, every bit of it can be gone. Amen. In today's world, we heard not long ago how some hackers hit some banks and a lot of people's account. Or we saw that the stock market one day, all of a sudden, people lost it all. Amen. I know I had a cousin. Amen. She had all of her savings in one account. And just as she was getting ready to retire, the market dropped out and she lost Everything. Because that's where she had put her stock. It doesn't profit you in trials. Men are so tired and worn out because they are seeking riches. Jesus says in Luke 9, 25, And for what is a man advantage? If he gains the whole world and lose himself, or be cast away. I like the way Luke put it. Now, I know the other gospel writer says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses over? Or what shall he give in exchange for his soul? But the way Luke writes it, here in Luke nine twenty five, he says, for what is a man advantaged? Amen. If he gains the world and loses soul, or he be a castaway. Man. See, this is why Paul talks about he don't want to be a castaway. When I preach the others, if myself be a castaway. Amen. Riches are deceitful. It chokes the word. Because your focus is on riches and not On the word of God. There's nothing wrong, Jesus says, with having riches. It's a defense. But don't allow it to deceive you. Don't allow it to pull your heart away from God. Don't allow it to cause you to forget God and what God has done for you. Amen. It is so easy when these things start to happen. Amen. You get a little bit more and a little bit more that you Focus. Amen. You lose your focus. And that's what Moses told him. No matter when you come into the land, he says, don't forget God. But they forgot God. And when they forgot God, it choked the word out of them. Because your focus is not on the word that give it life and that more abundantly. And then Jesus says, the lust of other things. Paul says in Romans 7, 7, amen, that he did not know that lust was a sin except he had read in the law that thou shalt not covet it. 
And we know that John tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. The world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. First John two fifteen through seventeen. He said that the lust of other things. What are these other things? Sex, women. This is the number one lust. That chokes the word out of men. Satan knows that if he can get you to lust at the women, it will choke the word out of you. Any movie, any magazine, any book, any billboard, any sporting event that he can use to arouse your lust... He will, and if you aren't disciplined to walk away, to turn it off, to put it down, or to turn it off, it will slowly destroy you. He's not going to come after you with full force. He slowly walks it in on you. The Bible tells us he's subtle and dealing against you. The chat room, Facebook, emails, Texas, Twitter, Instagram, technology calls all to choke the word out of you. Envy for a new car, the gadgets, the positions, the status in life, and the wealth will choke the word out of you. What does it mean? It chokes the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. See, the man is to be the image of God, and so these things will choke the Word out of you when you lust after things, amen, that are not like God, amen. It begins to cloud your vision. It begins to cloud you. Sexual perversion will begin to cloud your view of God and what God is trying to develop in you. You will not be able to see what God is moving you to be able to become and what He wants to do in you. You see, when God calls you out of the world, you are told, don't forget God. As you glorify God, as you magnify God, as you exalt God, then God will be seen in you. But if you allow the cares and lust of this life to become a part of your life, amen. If your life is all about sex and all you want is sex, the next thing you know is it's going to cloud your vision. And as a result, it will slowly choke the word out of you. You will be hopeless. You will be non-productive. You will always be a quitter. You will never have a stick to it added. You will always be jumping here and jumping there. It will always be someone else's fault when things goes wrong. You will become a complainer like the people in the world where you placed your hope and your trust. 
You try to be a Christian, but it will be a struggle for you because the world will have entangled you and entrapped you, and you can't get free. You'll be like the fly in the spider's web. If you've ever noticed a fly or an insect that gets caught in a spider's web, he can't get himself out unless someone free him and let him loose. If you ever get a chance, observe one as soon as he get in. The more he tries to get out, the more he becomes tangled, the more he becomes webbed uh, in this, this web. And as a result, the spider stands back and the spider watches and the spider waits uh, until he has an opportunity now that he sees that his prey cannot get away and he slowly comes in and he puts his sting in his prey and he kills his prey and his prey is done forever. This is what Satan does through the lust of other things. Amen. Not only women, but finances and other things that the world presents. And he presents it as a lure to draw you and to trap you because he knows with sex and anything else, uh, a pornography or anything that he can use, alcohol or whatever he decides he desires to use, amen, to lure you into his web. Once you are tangled in, amen, in that web, it is going to be hard for you to ever get out unless Jesus comes and set you free and break the chain because your mind will always be entangled and ensnared by this enemy and Satan is just waiting for you to come more and more into the dwell so that he can sting you with the sting of death as Jesus said. He's come not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And once he has put his sting in you, you will slowly die. Life will always be a challenge for you. You just can't seem to get the breakthrough that you want. Life becomes bitter. Life becomes hard. Life becomes unfair. You fear. You like trust in others and trust in your almighty God. It becomes a snare. You look for light, but all you see is darkness because the world is dark. You aren't fruitful. You have nothing to help you get free. You become like the prodigal son and the swine's die, desire and lust. If you notice the whole parable of the sores, I said at the onset, start with distraction. Satan distracts you to get the word. Then is a lack of commitment to learn and grow. You won't study. You won't do what God's word tells you to do. You won't listen to your pastor. And so then trials and circumstances and unwarranted situations arise. Because you have no root in the word, you fall away. And that fall is into the world where cares and riches and lust carries you deeper into hell. All because you allowed Satan to distract you. Now, when they heard this, access, it was pricked in their hearts. 
and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as the many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves from this untowards generation. Notice, we focus on Acts 2 and 38, which is very important for the non-believer to turn around. But then Peter goes on and he says to us, for the promise is to you. And to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as to many as the Lord our God shall call. But notice what he says next. And with many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves from this untowards of this world. See, because the cares of this world will choke the word out of you. The deceitfulness of riches will choke the word out of you. The lust of other things will choke the word out of you and render you non-effective. And God and his church and his community in your home, in your life, you will be non-productive if you don't repent, if you don't save yourself, if you don't make a choice based on what you heard of God's Word today, then it's not God's fault if the enemy destroys you. I am come that you may have life and that more abundantly. Be ye doers of the word, James says, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man that beholds his natural face in a glass and goes his way and forget what matter of man he was. But whosoever look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he be not a forgetful hearer but a doer. His deeds shall be blessed. Amen. God will bless you. You will be fruitful. You will be multiplying. Amen. You will have the riches you need. You will have the things that you need to be successful in this life and in the life to come. And so the Acts goes on and tell us, amen, that, that they continued, amen, those that was baptized, those that came out of the world, and they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. 
doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs was done by the apostles. And all that believed was together, and all had all things common. And they sold their possessions and good and parted to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved, because they realize that the good soil is the only soil that will bring forth fruit. And this is why you have to repent. This is why you have to heed God's word and not forget God. Amen. So that you can grow. So that you can mature in the things of God. So, brethren, let me encourage you. Don't allow the cares of this world. Don't allow the deceitfulness of riches. And don't allow the lust of other things which Jesus relates to thorns. Amen. Amen. That will, it will choke the word right out of you. But you want to allow yourself, amen, to be as Jeremiah with the word burning continually in your heart. You want the word of God to be in your heart so that you can live. Because it's through patience and comfort of the scripture that we have hope. Amen. And that's what God desires. So today, I ask you, have you allowed the cares of this world to come in on you? Have you allowed the riches of things, deceitfulness of riches and lust of other things to be a part of your life that you feel that you are not effective as you should be in the kingdom of God? If you are in those ways i want to give us about 10 minutes amen to repent to have another talk with jesus amen and make a commitment make a new commitment to god that you're not going to allow these three things to choke the word that you have inside of you out of you and you're not going to allow through the help of god to allow anything to prevent you from being what God wants you to be. Amen?